welcome back, everybody. Um, this is my third one I've done in a day, and I'm in pain. So I hope this conversation goes really well. Otherwise, I'll go home and cry, and we don't want this. Um, but hello, how are you? How's your day, Biggie? First and foremost, I'll ask Biggie first. Uh, pretty average day, pretty quiet. Um, probably spend eighty percent of my day on TikTok. You uh, actually have a problem. Don't you? Have you seen this man on TikTok? Because it's 90% of the time. It's 90. Uh, anyways, <laughs> 90. And then when I got some food and then cleaned the house, actually, the whole day. I'm so proud of you. And then, yeah, come here. Yeah. And you, Cody? I went to the club for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had like a little half day because I'm injured. <laughs> and I just went home, watched some surfing, bit of TikTok. What's with you guys on TikTok? I don't know. It's addictive. I don't know what you guys are watching on there. <laughs> Um, what did you do at the club since you can't train? Did you just chill? I did a little bike and then some leg oh. weights. So oh, yeah, nice. One arm? Moving again. No, one leg arm. leg weights only. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I gave the arms around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing one arm. Um, so t- I wanted to bring, obviously I know you both personally um, for different reasons, but it's funny how we both connect from the same place. Um, I obviously met... I don't even know when I met you, Biggie, like, properly, but we all grew up in Berwick in in that way, so that's how we all know each other. Um, I reckon I met Cody early. Cooperbank's 12th birthday or something. Yes, roll shout-out to Cooperbank. Um, very young. Um, and then I reckon I met you shortly after. But I want to ask, how did you two become friends? Because I don't know. Through footy? yeah. Uh, yeah, 100% through footy. Kind of um, enemies at the start. Like, really? Each other, and then we Stop. ended up playing together. Yeah, we all played footy. Along. Juniors against each other. And I remember Cody used to take hangers on me. No. Not true. Yeah, 100% <laughs> true. And then, yeah, we used to be a little bit of enemies until we got to, I think, maybe like, what level? 16, it's not even, probably earlier. Yeah, probably like interleague yeah. type. Then, yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, and all like stuff that... We're bros. We're bros. Friends forever. (laughs) Um, But you did know each other from, like, the Berwick area or no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Berwick. Um, Shout out to Berwick. So what primary school did you go to? Beacon Hills College. Oh, okay, cool. And you, Biggs? I went to Hellam. Hellam, okay, cool. Um, What was – when did you guys start, like, getting into the – I know you probably young, but I wasn't sure about Big – when did you guys start getting into, like, sport pretty heavily? Like, not just footy? Yeah, I was quite young, swimming pretty early. Mm. So I was just following my brother's pathway sort of thing. Mm. Um, I think I was, like, four sort of thing, getting into the pool. <laughs> like, <laughs> Push him in. <laughs> I was either watching or swimming, so I was like, fuck it. <laughs> um, Get in. Yeah, and then did basketball after that was my main sport, and then mm. I was kick footy and stuff. And Did you play for Barry for basketball? Oh, I played for a few teams. No, I think it was Danny Nong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and what about you, Big? What were uh, you doing? Um, early days for me, I think it was athletics. I was doing athletics, um, little ads. Yeah. At school and at, um, outside of school, and that was, like, my main thing. And then, so when did you start footy? Oh, it's just randomly happened. One day, I think it was, like, under <laughs> nines or so, just like, like, oh, you know what? I want to play footy today, and somehow... We'll probably like mark us up or something. I just had a good day. Mark like, us you know, up. Like, signing up for a club. And I remember um, told mum I was, wanted to make the switch. And she's like, nah, 
like the sports were too aggressive, like you get too angry, da da da. da That's what my mum says. I was like, yeah, cool. Anyways, I ended up going to the local club, Hallam. So you completely um, avoided what she oh, said. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go over there, go get some forms, and forged her signature and stuff. No. Yeah, and then got like. Call the police. Got, got my uncle to like. Uh, pay for the fees and stuff like that, and then Stop. once I was cleared, it was too late. Like I was already on the list. Like I was, <laughs> so, it was too late. I already told mum, and she's like, "So, like, how? When did when are you start?" And she's, I was like, "Oh, probably four games in." <laughs> so was, yeah, that's how it all started, and then yeah. That's hilarious. And what about you? With the um, when footy started, yeah, yeah I just was pretty standard. Like I was keeping yeah. my mates, um, and then everyone from school, Beacon Hills, went to Beaconsfield. Oh yeah. So I just followed along there and mm. um, still got some of my better mates from that team and um, yeah, the pathway, me and Big were a pretty similar pathway and yeah, um, yeah, the rest is history. When did you, when did you move down to Haleybury? You seven? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Cool. Oh, you were at Berwick? Yeah, I started there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and what do you guys think drew, besides obviously enjoying the game, what did you make, make you feel like, okay, I actually want to pursue this as a career? Do I, I actually think I could do this? I actually love this enough to continue to do this? Yeah, I think, like, when you're young and you see it now really weirdly because it's the role reversal, but kids just have an innate passion to be footballers and the people that mm. are, you're around each day. And I definitely had that as a little kid. Like, I was a Collingwood diehard and I just watched them and idolised them and... Um, I don't know, there was something that grabbed me and I wanted to play sport because I just, I just always had this idea that I could play sport, do something that I really enjoyed and I'd get paid for that. And I was hung on the idea of being a millionaire when I was a little kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm a long way from that. I'll probably never be that. So. <laughs> no, I but that was, that was when I was like five. I used to always say that. I want to be a millionaire. And Dad, Dad was like, well, you're going to you're gonna have to do something. I mate. said I wanted to be a stripper. <laughs> How fucked? Mum told me that I said that when I was four. Like, girl, what are you talking about? Yeah. Very different ideals. Yeah. And what about you, Big? When did you, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Uh, I probably didn't, wasn't fully convinced that football was going to be my path. I always thought I'd be in the Olympics running, you know, 100 metres sprints or playing a, like a... Both good options. Both good options. But <laughs> I, I always... My Cody had aspirations of being an athlete at the highest level and getting paid and wanted it to be my job, you know. And mm. um, Football was more of a... I, I felt like at the time I was capable of doing it, but I just didn't really have the belief in myself that I could be an AFL footballer um, as a kid. And like Cody said, like the roles are reversed now. You see kids when you like go to school, do school visits and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. See the joy on their face and you only think... I remember like... When I was in year four or whatever, and we had, like, um, a bunch of, like, the Demons players come in, like, and you just, like, stand there and all, like, oh, wow, like, these other athletes, like, oh, that's what I want to do, you know? Mm. And um, as time went on, I realised, like, well, footy is something I really want to do because I feel, um, after a little bit of athletics, I didn't really like the individual part of it. I felt very isolated and um, didn't really enjoy that sort of side of, of the sport and felt... Um, gravitated towards um, more of a community environment and yeah. um, place where all my teammates and schoolmates and stuff were at yeah. and that was football and eventually I think like maybe when it hit under 13s or so I was like oh wow this is something I really want to do now and also like Cody my older brother was a footy player and he um, it was sort of like just watching your older siblings and wanted to follow their pathway so um, 
yeah, it was just something, yeah, I've always been gravitated towards. And once I seen my brother achieve it, I was like, wow, I can do that. Yeah, so, yeah made it look like it was in reach, yeah. which it was, clearly. But once you guys both came to that kind of ideal that I want to do this further and, like, it's a dream for me, how did you deal with, one, I know you played at school and then you played outside as well. How do you deal with, like, the competitiveness against each other? Because obviously you were playing with other teams, like, but in the scheme of, like, oh, who's going to get drafted and who's not? i got to beat this guy here, guys. Because obviously I don't know that well about much about footy, but that's all I really know. So how did you guys deal with that kind of comparison ideal? Um, well, comparisons start very early. Like, you don't realise, but they start when... Yeah, and like interleague and, and all different like different comps and stuff. So like, um, as a kid, you're always comparing yourself to, you know, like other players in the, in the position you want to be in. And um, I guess that's always just filtered through to under eight ends. It's always been very competitive from a young age, and it was just sort of like if I can beat this person, I could be here. Or like you set yourself mini goals at a time, and um, yeah, and eventually just you end up where you want to be. And um, yeah, like. Cody and I now, we're, we're both on lists, but it's like, at, at some stage in our lives, we were competing to get to, like, interleague division ones or, like... Um, yeah. Or even getting on, like, Stingray's list of, like, 14 and stuff mm. like that. So you, you sort of becomes the nature yeah. um, of the game and it's just something you, yeah, grow up doing and embrace um, as part of the sport. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. There's always, the whole way through, competition and um, cuts where pretty much you're good enough or you're not. Um, mm. And I think... That's something I probably enjoyed um, a little bit, and I got comfortable within that. Um, fortunately enough, I did get cut a few times, which was the best thing for me, but the majority I made it through. And um, I think that you kind of just learn how to enjoy being out of your comfort there and seeing if you're good enough. And um, it's pretty honest feedback when you get a, a text or whatever it is when it's you're in or you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, God, um, that would give me anxiety. Yeah, yeah you're full, full of anxiety waiting for <laughs> yeah, that. But yeah. Um, no, it's pretty exciting when you're in and, um, I don't know, it's, the draft is obviously the, the pinnacle of that competition and it feels like that probably now you realise that it's, it never ends, but, um, as a young kid, you feel like the draft is, that's the moment where it comes together and it either works or it doesn't. And that's the the one that actually matters. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like for me, it was, it was pretty crazy. Biggs was probably in a similar situation where, um, I was probably, I probably only, out of my zero to 18 years of life, I was probably in, in complete doubt whether I'd get drafted or not for yeah. 17 and a half years. Like, and then you get six months where your manager calls you and he's like, yeah, you, you're probably getting drafted. But yeah, I remember talking to you about it early in the crazy. year, maybe like year 11 or something. Mm. And because I remember like obviously seeing you play so much and you were so dedicated. I remember like you were literally the only one <laughs> that wouldn't drink every party. Like everyone would be on the floor and there's Cody just chilling. like water en- bottle. Yeah, enjoying his time. And I was like, how does he do it? How does he keep this motivation? And that goes into say as well, because I know you both have obviously experienced rejection in some sort of way within whatever team. How do you bounce back from that because I know there's a lot of people that don't get the chance to get 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 another chance. So what do you do to make yourself feel better? Yeah, I think um one that was really good for me in hindsight but at the time sucked was the under twelves Vic team I'd got cut from in like the last the last cut and I was emergency. So um, that was something that I felt like was gonna 
it was the first time you could really prove whether you're good at a sport or not. I think under twelve, so like it comes to that age where you've won the divisions and stuff at school, and it's sort of it's regardless. But um, that was the one that I was like, okay, it was going to be official that I'm good at footy and mm. whatnot, and that didn't happen. Um, and I didn't take that great. Like I was pretty shattered. Um, and I yeah, I probably I, I lost my I lost my shit in the game because I wasn't going my way and stuff and. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's just pure, like, performance anxiety and Mm. um, just troubling with that because it had gone my way up until that point and then it didn't. Um, And so I actually, at the age of 12, I got help with that stuff and um, that was kind of daunting back then because it's, like, I'm a 12-year-old and you're talking to a psych and that had such a persona of being um, Mm. a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. hasn't... 12 years old. Yeah, hasn't progressed that way now, which is great. But, um, yeah, I remember talking to her and... Um, yeah, that was probably the point where I, I, oops, I, <laughs> I, um, gained a bit more perspective on all of that stuff and, um, yeah, so that was probably one of the main failures for my footy in my time and, um, that was the best thing for me in hindsight. Yeah, I agree. Like, the power of rejection, rejection, rejection is such a massive thing because I know that, like, I've obviously never had experience with professional sport. I honestly would cop out of Hale every, like, school sport so many times. Like, girl, I broke my I broke my leg. And they'll be like, where's the certificate? And I'll be like, I got to go. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So I honestly didn't have any experience with it. But I did feel that sort of rejection when... Because sport is such a massive thing at Halebury. And you would know that as well because you got offered to come as well. But it's such a massive thing. So to see, I kind of felt like I was rejected from that culture because I was not that. And I wasn't as smart as the fucking people get 99.95. I'm smart. I'm a smart girl, 100%. But, like, there's either you've got to be one extreme or the yeah. other. Like, you're either that fanta- fantastic player, an oh, athlete, gee. or you're a fucking genius. <laughs> so it's like, which way do you go? So I, I get that level of rejection can cause so much anxiety. So what's your experience with it? Um, my first, oh, my biggest rejection till this day, I reckon, I still remember very clearly. And like Cody said, I think it's probably under 12s when you really have an idea. of. Jeez, you guys are traumatised by under 12s. <laughs> I'm going mean, to contact I think, yeah, them. I, I don't know. I think so something about under 12s here. I think cause that's when it all starts happening. Yeah. That's when you get, start getting categorised and, like, mm. you know, like what level you're at or, like, Division two Interleague or, like, you know, like, um, well, even Vic, like Cody said. So, like, I think that's when comparisons really start. Now, I remember in under 12, my biggest reaction, uh, rejection was, and even till this day, was not making, I think, I think you end up captaining the team in under 12s of Interleague, but I played in the twos. So, I, I remember getting a call, like, after, because I think, so before um, Interleague, you used to train with, like, I think 40 to 50 blokes. Yeah. It was just like, you just train. Oh, wow, like, yeah. like, drills and then you'd play like mini matches and stuff and then they select the team from division one and division two. Oh yeah 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 um yeah i remember i got the call from robbie arthurson and he was like i think he was the assistant coach at the time mm. um of the Div- division one side and he was like oh look um yeah we're not we're not going to select you and <gasps> i was sort of like oh shit and then no. i started to question if i was any good at footy and so on yeah and i remember at the time thinking wow like i was a Easily by far. I shot up oh, as a kid. I was tall. So I was thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm easily the tallest kid here. Like, mm. easily, like, 
the most, it could be the rocking of the, the ones, you know, like the whole time I was preparing myself for that. So when that first happened, I was like, oh, wow, like that's not going to happen again. So I made that a thing from then on that I was going to work my ass off and I wanted to pass everybody there to get to where I wanted to be. And I think till this day, that's, that was the biggest failure like I've had in my football career, under 12s. It's funny how something so young can kind of traumatise you in like a good and a bad way. Like it motivates you, but it also just hurts you. But do you think that, and question for both of you, obviously, do you think that you guys attach your performance and your, how good you are at the game to like your self-worth in general? I definitely did. Mm. Like at school particularly, I'd rely Mm. on football as being me. Um, And then I learned pretty quickly in the AFL world, you can't do that. Um, so yeah, probably, it probably took me 12 months of realizing that and that sucked and that actually, like, there's a bit of hurt in that because you get so used to being that and then you have to explore who you actually are and yeah. that's exciting, but it's scary. Um, and I feel like I've gotten to a really healthy point now where I'm completely comfortable with how much football deters my life and how much I'm doing outside of football that, that makes me me. Yeah, oh, well, similar to Cody, like what Cody said, he's touched on it very well. Like, you, until you get, like, past that 18, under 18s, or where everybody's almost at the same level, or, like, everybody is as athletic as you, or, like, mm. you're, you're no longer that special, fast kid at school, or whatever, like, everybody loves you, know, you're like... I was a special fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was the oh, special one that got picked no, last no, and no. was always scoring. Not at all. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. You you come to a stage where you're like, oh wow, like there's people like me. You know, it's like yeah. What, what sets me apart? And you, you sort that of would find that it, would trip me. That's yeah. what would trip me. Like being in a room with everyone that I know is good. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what can make you different? Yeah, exactly right. That would be a personal thing for yeah. me, I think. Yeah, and like I already touched on it. It's like you really that's when you really start to find yourself and what you want to be identified as mm. other than just a footballer, like what you want to be doing outside of footy. And you look at other stuff that not can only improve you off the field, but on the field as well um, and prepare you differently to the other players who, are, if not as good as you, are better. So it's like, um, yeah, that's, that's yeah, pretty much. Is there habits or things that, not any, this can be an environment or a person that has helped you as you said, you went through that transformation stage where you were kind of like, okay, I want to detach from it as my identity. Was there something that helped you kind of change that or was it just a realisation? Was it just a, a game that you were like, all right, I'm sick of like putting my self-worth on this? Yeah. Um, I felt like in year 12 or in year 11, I sort of found a, a big passion in um, like just fashion and like just designing and like uh, almost yeah it took me off footy for a little bit um you know when when footy starts to become a bit hectic and I found it almost a, as an escape for me mm. um something as I did um when I wasn't around football so um I was like you know I'm so passionate about this even if at the end of the day if I don't get to where I want to be like this is what I, I, I would do you know it's like I started to have almost like a plan B yeah. Um, without even thinking about it. So, um, yeah, that's just something I've learned. Did you have a plan B, Cody? Not really. Oh. 
Um, no, I did. I, I still tried at school and stuff. Yeah, um, no. Didn't you, like, do really well? Oh, not I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But, like, I'm no, pretty sure right. you, were, you did I well. Did right. But, like, I, I could have gone on and done uni and stuff, which I probably would have had I not been drafted. But I was pretty, like, fairly devoted to making yeah. sure this, this worked. This worked out, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> And your plan B, and you still kind of pursue your plan B a little bit because I see, honestly, Biggie's the best model I've ever met. We talk about this all the time. He's modeled for both of my collections and he's literally one of the most photogenic people I've ever met. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. With, like, I know it might be different for you because you're on different, like, you different play you're on BFL and AFL. But how's the anxiety of like going do you have anxiety anymore like going into there or is it just kinda like pre game jitters normal stuff? The reality of it is that it's it's always there. It's just how much you let it affect you. So um that's probably when I realised like oh I've got this performance anxiety, it's a real thing and um if I allow it to it's gonna have an effect on me going forward and that's where I spent like months digging and how I could control it and gain much better grasp on it I guess and now I have a really good relationship with it and I see the anxiety and the nerves is like uh, it's a it's something that tells me that whatever I'm about to do I actually really care about and it's preparing yeah. me for that like it's it's when I feel most alive in life and I get that nervy or jelly feeling because I care about what I'm about to do and that's exciting and without those moments in life that you care about like why would you be alive, really? Mm. So that's sort of my mind frame, and I do a lot more meditation and stuff like that now that I get much more control over my mind and my body. And um, yeah, I've done heaps of work in that space, and I feel like that was probably I in my first year I was just as athletically capable as I am now, but mm. purely from a mental point of view, I've matured a lot over the last three years, and that's probably why I've had a bit more success. Yeah, I definitely think of. Obviously can't talk from experience, but I think a pre-game mentality would be, like, super important how you play because mm. – and, and that was a good point before, like, addressing those feelings of anxiety of not of more like a – like, I, I always say to people, address them instead of – ask what this is telling you because yeah. it's telling you something. Like, your body's telling you, like, hey, something, something weird is going on. Like, don't just be like, oh, go away. Yeah. Like, obviously there's something you need to address and talk to it and be, be kind to yourself. But what about you? Um, <clears throat> uh, performance anxiety is probably something I'm fairly new to. I feel like in my last recent two years, um, up until this year, I, I've been, I had first year, we went into a hub and I had a shoulder recode, didn't play any games. Second year was a pretty scrappy year. We had in the VFL, um, in terms of VFL, sorry, we had or maybe eight official games. Because the games, yeah. Yeah. Um, also went into another hub. I did my PCL that year. Um, yeah, and I was just always, you know, I had a mentality of like, oh, look, I'm injured. So, like, um, it's yeah, fine. Because it's, it's fine. Like, I'll yeah. make it up. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It wasn't until maybe this year where I've had a proper run at it and um, had the best preparation possible. I had a full preseason where I realized performance anxiety is real and, like, and how it's affected me. Yeah. Um, I felt like it's, um, I was just consumed in every mistake I made on and off the field um, and would just play in my head. If I'd missed a kick of training, 
like be sleeping on it down the hut, like I wouldn't go to sleep really? at five o'clock or like. Cause Even thinking, training. Yeah, because I was thinking, look, this like I've got an injury now. Like, I, why am I playing AFL footy? Like, that's what I'm drafted to do. You know, that would be like, hard. That's what I want to be. That's where I want to be. So it's like, I like every little thing. I'll drop a mark or like or something at training or like or in game and, and I play in my head and um and it's something I wasn't aware of and I got to a stage where I was the most comfortable when I was alone and I was at home but then at the same time that's when I was most scared because I'm like thinking like, about oh, it I'm like yeah stuck in my own thoughts now like I'm like oh shit thinking about like replaying the whole game I'd go home and like play VFL and I'd watch like the whole game right after a game of footy like that is mentally like tiring, but I'd want to go over everything. I can't even watch full game. Like, period. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> Sorry, like, guys. So if you both play, I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. So something I wasn't aware until like, um, yeah, until I started pick out that these unusual behaviours that I would have never done previously. Like, I'd go home, watch that whole VFL game from start to end, watch every mis- mistake I made, and like would write it down and like would really like narrow it down in it, and then. Try and execute her training. Then it I won't don't know happen. if that's healthy, girl. Oh, well, anyways. <laughs> then it won't happen. And it just kept playing on me. But it's it's something I'm currently getting work on as well. And it's something yeah. I'm working on at the moment. And it's improved a lot. Mm. Um, I'm at a stage now where, like Cody said, I'm pretty comfortable with it, knowing that anxiety is going to be there. And it's, it's, it's an opportunity. It's like, you know, when you get anxiety, when you want to improve in something or you're really focused on it. So it's, it's not necessarily a bad sign but this is something i've got to work on off the field and uh, i think it's working uh okay for me at the moment um yeah one thing we've been focusing on is for me just not comparing i think that was my biggest thing i was comparing myself to players who i was drafted with and i also playing at other teams or like in my position or like or players that i played against and i'm like oh you know i'd Smash is getting under eight ends now. He's like playing at AFL level while I'm playing VFL. Yeah, that and would like, that would be hard. Yeah, and then I realised, you know, once you start comparing, it's like that's when it takes all happiness out of everything you do. Like as soon as you start comparing, it's like forget forget what you're doing. Like forget what you got to you here. It's like forget it. It's like you start comparing and just start just shrinking and shrinking. And um, I started to lose all happiness and everything I was doing because I was so consumed in like comparing myself to this player and that player. And now it's something I've worked on and I'm very comfortable with that. And I'm very comfortable where I am and who I am. And I'm excited for what's to come because I, I feel like I'm very capable of playing at an AFL level. And um, and I have have the evidence to back that as well. And it's just now it's just truly just believing in myself and putting in the work and yeah. It's funny because I was saying this quote to my best friend yesterday, comparison is the killer of all joy. I completely agree with that. Comparison is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It it for sure. it if it is on a healthy level, like in a sense, like maybe an idol. Like I like the way that they did that. Like if you were looking at a player who was much older than you or something like that, but at an age that is similar to you, I would I would find it difficult as well. Like comparing, oh, I got drafted with Cody and Cody's playing. Yeah. That would be really hard. Yeah especially because you guys are friends and you know each other. So how did you – I know that you said that that's helped you a lot. How did you kind of get to a point where you were like, all right, I need to get this shit together. I need to stop having this anxiety. I need to stop comparing. Was there like a rock bottom or was there a point where you're like, fucking hell, I'm sick of doing this? Um, it, it just – after a while I sort of realised like, oh, 
it's almost becoming a lag effect like on what I'm doing. Like I I, I come into like training with this attitude where I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, like, scared. I, I need Not to even make, excited. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. That feeling of like being scared. Whereas like I'm at a great club and I'm in an environment where they they support all their players and they want all their players to stri- to thrive in, in their environment as well. And I'm like, I feel like I wasn't utilising that. I was not using all the the uh, help, help I could around the club and I thought I could do everything by myself. And that's just a, um, yeah, that's just my ego really just coming to yeah. play. Was, I thought I could do everything by myself because I got to that stage by myself. I'd done everything by myself. I thought... Now, this is just like a little bump, but... But it's different. Yeah, it's it's a totally different yeah. ball game. Like, yeah. yeah, you can do school by yourself and you can do under-12s by yourself, but, like, that's very different to yeah. what you guys would be experiencing now. But how do you find the... Obviously, I'm sure you both have good things to say because you're still in the clubs, but how do you find the support with, like... Do you think the focus has shifted more to, like, mentality-wise rather than physical health, or do you think it's still pretty equal? Yeah, no, I think there's a much bigger focus now than certainly previously. Um, we've always got access to a, a psychologist all the time. That's great. So that's really good. And didn't um, know that. As a young player coming in, you're, I mean, not forced, but they do. Encourage. You, yeah, they encourage you heavily to have meetings with that, that psychologist. And pretty much when you come in and you see one of your idols, Talking to her and stuff, it just oh, that'd be amazing. Strips back everything. Oh, this is normal. Like, how good is this? And then That's you great. have conversations with her for us, and um, yeah, it's amazing to speak to someone like that. How helpful they are, and um, I I regularly chat with Lisa, who's our psychologist. And shout out Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm feeling on top of the world and everything seems to be sailing well, I definitely catch up with her, and um, that sometimes when you need to see her the most because that keeps you in that spot and Completely. doesn't doesn't let you crash. So it's it's not a crisis sort of thing for us at the club where you start battling and you now you know now you're at the team and now shit's going bad that mm. oh, I need to speak to Lise. It's, it's something that's regular and that's something that's Yeah, like a check in. Yeah. Yeah, people underestimate. They think you only need to talk to a psych when you're like really struggling. It's like that, that's the last time you want to talk to a psych. Yeah. Honestly, I like when my psych knows I'm struggling because I don't see her. Mm. She'll be like George is in bed. But, like, it's the opposite. Like, when you're in a good space, it's the best time to talk because you, yeah. you learn all the tools and you learn how to do it. Do You you obviously will have a psych at, at yeah, your yeah, club as well. Yeah, Lisa as well? No, nah, not Lisa. <laughs> I was like, Lisa's doing that. Jesus, how does she do her day? Um, yeah, we got multiple at the club who are just always there as, as resources. And yeah. like, like Cody knows as well. Like, you, if you don't feel comfortable necessarily going to them, there's – other people, uh, AFL provide, you can go to like AFLPA and, and wow. stuff. So there's a lot of support um, internally in the club. And um, like even speaking about it now with a couple of the older players, like you look back only 10 years ago to some of the players. Very different. Um, and they talk about how they never had the opportunities we had now um, as, as younger kids. And they were saying if they had had that, it would have been amazing for them. and um, Could have helped a lot of players that maybe have faded out of the game now way too soon. Um, mm. And it's it's awesome. I, I feel like, yeah, I'm not well. I haven't been on both sides of the scale, but I feel like the AFL have really improved in that area, and it's it's a huge thing. Um, like you even see some of the top players in the league who have taken their mental game to a whole new level. Because, um, like I said before, you you're at a level now where physically and like 
physically, like you, you're matched by other people. Like you're, you're no longer mm. that standout. You're no longer the fastest runner. You're no longer the, the best. You have to be the smarter one. Yeah, exactly right. So when you're taking mental game to a whole new level, that's you're an you're an out advantage. So um, I think clubs are really looking into that now. It's become huge. Mm. Um, one of the clubs we do like um, like before games, we we do like a ten minute mindfulness. In just like a small room, so like stuff. Yeah, so it was stuff like that. That's like, crazy. Yeah, so it's, it's a good thing. That's a great thing. Yeah, like, um, yeah, and stuff like that. I think like really sets players up like us. Wow, um, to, to have longer careers, really. Yeah, yeah, clearly, because yeah, obviously, like talking about the mindset you were in before that the comparison, like. If you did that for two, three years, you'd be gone. Yeah. I'd be out of there. I'd be fucking running for the hills. <laughs> I don't know about you. Yeah, so it's sure. good that they have those resources. Do you think that, like, do you think that if you didn't have those resources, you'd stay in the game for as long as you could? Or do you think it would really deter you from staying in footy? Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um do you think you'd go outside to, to seek guidance? Yeah, it'd probably get to a point where you have to, I mm. reckon, for me. Yeah. Um, certainly, like I said before, that mental side of the game is probably what's made things work for me and mm. why I enjoy the game so much now. But in my first year, I wasn't enjoying footy at all. And, um, yeah, I think that it's had a huge impact on me. And um, if I was three years into how I felt about footy in my first year, I probably wouldn't be looking forward to going again next year sort of thing. Yeah. So. Um, from that perspective, definitely. How has the culture between the players changed? Besides the fact that, and you don't even have to speak in this terms of AFL, like talk in the terms of from school or from playing at Stingrays or whatever. Um, I don't even know where the fuck you guys play. Stingrays, Lions, there's too many. Um, honestly, it's best to have someone who's not educated to talk about it. Because, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how has, like, the culture changed talking about that stuff between you guys? Like, do you feel comfortable enough to talk to, to, to go to one of your mates and be, like, at, at the club and be like, oh, I'm fucking depressed today. I'm really sad or some shit. I don't know. Do you feel like that could happen? Yeah, I think it could. Um, yeah, obviously, it's, within a team, there's people that are close with others. And, yeah, yeah. Um, that's normal at every club. It's not a groupy thing where you exclude others, but it's – you gravitate Roommates. to, you gravitate to, yeah, well. housemates, stuff like that. Um, and I, I'm big on, um, like, being, um, stripping back the layers and, and exposing yourself a little bit. That's how you get tired with somebody. Yeah, um, So I think, yeah, just being being vulnerable, I think, is so important. And um, being vulnerable as a team and a group, that has huge ramifications on success because the tighter you are as a group, the more you know it about each other and, um, whatnot, you can help each other and um, you understand each other's issues, which are generally everyone has the same shit. So, oh, I can imagine. But you don't talk about it and then it's yeah. unknown and you feel isolated and alone. Oh, but yeah, then course. you talk about it and you're like, fuck, he's doing that too. Yeah. Um, so it just feels, you feel more comfortable <laughs> he's talking. Too. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, and what about you, Big? Do you feel like it would be a comfortable sphere to talk about, like just with your friends, not even in the sense of the counsellors and stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we've um, introduced, oh, previously, we've, we've had this thing called a Triple H. Um, like Cody touched on, it's pretty much all about like in, embracing imperfections in people's lives and, and embracing the vulnerability, being vulnerable. And, and, um, and it, it's not something that's forced upon players, but 
um, players voluntarily do. Um, so you, you come out and uh, they stand, the Triple H's stand for Hero, Hardship and... Jesus, uh, what's the other one? Mental Blank? Yeah, Mental Blank. Is yes. it highest? Highlights, so yeah. Highlights, hey. Hero and Hardship. So you cut yeah. your notes. So, yeah, you go out the front and you, you sort of talk about... Um, yeah, all three, and then it's crazy. You, uh, you get to understand your players and your people um, that you see every day on a different level that you wouldn't have before. And, um, yeah, it just gives you a great understanding of why somebody would react a certain way if you were to say something or, like, with, with no, like, context. And, or if, you know, like, it just gives you uh, a greater understanding and you feel a lot more connected as a group. And, and um, also, like Cody said before, like, you hear something about somebody else. And then you, another team member will show you a text and I'm like, look, I've experienced the same thing. This is how I've handled it. This is how I've dealt with it, da 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 And it's almost another, like, resource, a mental resource you can mm. go to. So it's it's awesome. I feel like the environment we have at the moment are rich, and I'm sure at the doggies as well, is it's awesome. Like, it's a place where you can go and, and really just, yeah, be vulnerable and, and comfortable around um, your environment. Who do you think, and this doesn't have to be like a player or like someone in the team or like whoever, who do you think has guided you both through that mental strain and like able, besides Lisa, <laughs> who has helped you be able to do what you do and be here and talk about this? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I've got a lot of mentors that I bounce off. Um, Lisa's definitely one. <laughs> Shout out. Um, I could list a few. Asha is a guy that's head of Meditation Australia and I've had a huge really um, impact with. Yeah, he's he's been amazing for wow. me. We're in such a fortunate position where people want to help us and um, want to be a part of our journey. So, yeah, Asha's been – he's been quite amazing for me and giving me a different perspective on things and challenging me to, to learn more. And um, he's got a lot of answers that I've been able to take from him and – use now um still far there's heaps there's heaps that that have looked after me and um coaching staff at the club jamie maddox is one of our line coaches that was particularly important for me in my first year and when everything was really tough and yeah um yeah there's a there's an amazing amount of resources and people that um i have now that i, I can go to and i find a lot of comfort in that even and you um yeah like i said the, the list can go on we are Great people we can go to at Richmond Football Club. You got um, Emma Murray, um, who's well known in that space and, and has done many work with formerly Formula One um, athletes um, on the mental side of their sport. Um, any any athlete really, and she's she's been great. Um, but or even literally our like it's funny who you talk about, but like a, um, like even our physios. We got these two physios named. James Rance and Anthony Shack and there are like, you just go into that room and then you just sit down and just chat shit. And that's what, that's all we do. Like, in the It room. would be a good feeling, though, because you have so much, like, physical yeah. things you want to release. It would help, like, yeah, your brain kind of chill as so well. Good. Like, it's just like, there is so many resources there. You like, the list could go on, but it's just like, um, yeah, it's just an environment where you just, like, constantly relax. But a person for me, I can be Dylan Grimes because he's a man who's faced hardship at, at, at its at its finest, and he didn't necessarily go through the same pathways as me and Cody. He, he, he was picked up as a, like, a train-on, you know, like the train-ons we have. And, What's um, that? Oh, it's like, so, like, AFL, I think, picked maybe three, 
to like fill in the list. Maybe at the end of every year, if the list is not filled, and they pick like three blokes to train them with the AFL boys for the preseason, and okay, and then if lucky, one of them would get a list spot. If oh, not, yeah. like they'll all just get cut. But, yeah. Um. So that's where Dylan came from, and like mm. he. Literally was one of the trainers, and he's now our captain. And it's like crazy to see who's gone through everything. Like he's he's been in the positions I've been in. He understands what I go through, and he's a man I can go through go to um, at any time. And I, I can call his phone right now, and he pick up and literally lessen. Oh, legend! Yeah, lessen a second. So he's um, he's always been a great support and a man that's uh, I feel like I can go to on and off the field if it's anything to do with life and um, or anything to do with football. I feel like he's awesome. And I feel like the reason that I wanted to do this episode in general is because I wanted to discuss, obviously, like, not a lot of people can relate to you two in the sense that they don't play professional sport and they're not athletes. But that's the reason why I wanted you on because it was good to see from a different perspective that even though you can seem like you have the world or, like, it can be a dream for someone else, there's still the normal things that happen like anxiety, going through depressive states, going through obsessive states and, and comparison and all those things that are relative in every everyone else's life. I just wanted to show that it was also important in in this this state of mind and how you guys deal with it on like such a high level because I know that my anxiety would be pretty, pretty big walking out there and also comparing myself to players who have been there for years. Do you find that you now have different goals to when you started or what has changed when you first got drafted to now? I think when you first get drafted, you're just, yeah, you're, the joy and excitement you get about being drafted and being on a list is something you can never compare. Did you have a party? Um, no, I might have, might have partied hard, but I didn't have a party. <laughs> Did you party? No, I had to go. Yeah, I think it was a quick turnaround that year. Oh. Um, I had to go on stage, so it was kind of oh, weird. What? Oh, what? Yeah, like, the televised draft. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot that you were like, yes. Yo, I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually did that. I think we it was at schoolies. Yeah, everyone was on schoolies. We were schoolies, yeah. and I remember watching. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. It was weird, um, Congrats. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what's, what's the goal change from, obviously, yeah, I'm drafted to now I've played for a bit. Where, where are we at? Uh, I've got like a, a different mindset to it. I was very hell bent on getting drafted and um, being an AFL player, and there was probably crippling, like you touched on, and I wasn't willing to risk anything that would um, tamper with my chances, and and that wasn't probably healthy. Um, now I have ideologies that I want to achieve, but I'm not really um, so locked into them. Like I have flexibility and understand that it's a process and enjoy more the journey now than the actual end result um which is probably just again maturing and getting a bit more perspective on things and um yeah not not being so result based i think rather than actually just enjoying the process to get to where you want to get to yeah yeah i reckon i'm, I'm at the same stage now seeing the future yeah i can obviously me and cody are completely do two different stages now both of our careers but it's like for me it's like Obviously, ideally, you want to play football, and that's what I want to be. But I think for me, it's enjoying every moment and just sort of like taking it game by game because, like, it could happen literally this week or it could happen in a year's time, who knows. But um, when it does happen, it's like I want to make sure it's going to be the best game I've ever had or 
it's the best moment possible. So I think when you're taking it step by step, it's, it sort of prepares you for that. Um, whereas like when you have this whole idea of how you want it to look and stuff like that, um, you sort of get drawn away from that. So um, yeah, probably just my goal is probably ideally is to play at AFL level or play my first game this year um, at least. But um, yeah, my goal is completely different to what Cody's would be. But yeah. Mm. And that will be the first AFL game I go to in three years <laughs> because, yeah, I don't – and I hope it's against each other because that would be fantastic. That would be, be hilarious. <laughs> don't go near him. <laughs> that would be funny. But thank you both for coming on. That was really good. You both spoke really well. I'm surprised. Not, not surprised in, like, a bad way. It's just, like, normally a lot of people, like, I don't know, when it's, like, people do it for the first time, they're, like, a bit weird. Um, but thank you for coming on. And do you have shout out any like do you have like a podcast, a book, a, a song, anything that comes to mind that you'd recommend to someone else? Dylan Friends for me. Okay, done. Jeez. A podcast or a book. Whatever. It can be anything. You gotta read first. Yeah, I know. I just don't read. <laughs> a TikTok? TikTok, a TikTok. <laughs> oh, this could be dangerous. Just pick something random. Random. Choose a song. He lo- he's loving Mojo that Grove. first class. Hey, Mojo. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just shout out Jack Harlow. Shout, you know, out, shout you... out Electric Nightclub. No. <laughs> yes. Absolutely yes. not. They bring me my joy on the weekends. and they are No. Okay. Well, <laughs> goodbye, everyone, and thank you for listening. Bye. Yeah.